This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today we're going to save you from the boredom of an AI free world. A lot of people are freaking out because um, machines have, according to some, at least a few machines, developed intelligence and awareness, self-awareness. And that is terrifying for people who have seen Terminator because they think that uh, Skynet and our subjugation are uh, the next necessary steps. I don't think so. I think this whole thing is incredibly fascinating. Um, But obviously, when you have uh, technology that can exceed human ability, there have to be ethics that go along with it. And I think that uh, that is, is one of the more interesting slices of the technological pie that we will be confronted with in the very near future. And, you know, I... I don't think that we have to live in fear uh, that something that is not biologically human may have capabilities greater than our own. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to have artificial intelligence? And how uh, should humans shepherd this new age of technology? Joining me now, she's a professor of ethics and technology at the Hurdy School in Berlin, Dr. Joanna Bryson. Uh, she has degrees in psychology and AI from University of Chicago. Not a shabby place. Uh, she's got a degree from the University of Edinburgh and MIT. She got a PhD from MIT, which means she's a smarty pants. She knows all these things. She understands it well, and they tap her brain when they're trying to figure out how we are going to move into the next realm. Dr. Joanna Bryson, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Well, thanks for having me here. So are people's fears justified when they think about um, AI, robots, computers, however you want to phrase it, becoming smarter and uh, actually developing self-awareness and a sense of self? Should we be scared of that? All right. Well, uh, there's so many different ways to go with that question. Um, First of all, I... The definition of AI, well, intelligence is something that's able to take advantage of an opportunity or or respond to it. So artificial intelligence is of all the intelligent things, the stuff we've built. So I don't usually say, oh, AI, you know, develops. It's it's more about what what are we developing with the AI? So the question is, um, should we be afraid of the tools we're making? Um, And yeah, maybe. Uh, but is it because it's smart? No. I mean, like, you, you probably, your mobile phone can answer more questions, translate more languages, you know, do more arithmetic than you can. And it hasn't even taken over your pocket, let alone the world. So it's not, it's not just smartness that's the issue. The real issue is motivations. Uh, if you have a drive to dominate, if you, if you uh, don't believe in uh, public goods, if you think the world is a zero sum game, 
But guess what? That's not describing like AI. That's describing some people. A lot of people cooperate. That's why we have all the stuff that we have, cities and things like that. But some people are very competitive and will tear other things down. So I think that what we're worried about is who has control of uh, the information and what do we do as a society as we start getting more information about each other. And uh, I, I guess that would be the thing that, that you could be justifiably afraid of. Um, but I don't I don't think the machines themselves are the real issue. So when do they cross the line and uh, develop sentience? Like when do they develop uh, a sense of self-awareness? Right. So, again, if what if, if what you mean by self-awareness is like knowing, you know, exactly where you, where you've got your hands right now and, and uh, why you did the thing you just did. Um, it's very easy for us to build computer programs that have access to all their own memory. It's not like a human brain. So every single bit that's in a computer is examinable and we can write a program that can look at all the bits in a computer. That's not a problem. So, you know, even these concepts like self-awareness and sentience, there are things that, that it's sort of like we've been trying to describe something very complicated about ourselves. And at the same time that we describe that, we also are, are capturing something much more essential, which is like, what is my obligation towards you? What is your obligation towards me? And then we kind of wrap that up. You know, philosophers have been doing this for thousands of years, and there wasn't anything else that talked. So we said, oh, you know, when you can describe what's going on, then you have more responsibilities than when you're a little baby and you can't do that, right? And that's true for humans, but it isn't necessarily true for technology. I don't know. That's the question, because um, I took a neuroscience and philosophy class called Consciousness and Brain, which was actually it, it was very interesting. And, you know, one of the definitions of consciousness is literacy. And, you know, it, mm. it's not just it, it wasn't just awareness. It was being able to uh, communicate using higher forms and, and symbols uh, that were mutually developed and understood. Um, and I guess what people are worried about is, you know, human beings have been doing the programming. So at, at what point does the thing that has been programmed start programming? Right. Okay. So that is such a cool definition of, of uh, consciousness. But th that gets to a point that there's a lot of different definitions of consciousness, and, and we're trying to do different things with them. So normally I would think of something as conscious if I could just even talk about it at all. Uh, like, like I, I'm aware of what's in the room. I say that, but then I look around. Like I don't know. It's not a room I know very well. So I have to look and tell you what's in the room. But there's things I can't tell you. Um, like, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, how I know what green is, you know, that they're lost in the midst of time. And then there's things I'm explicitly aware of. So what you're talking about is that consciousness doesn't matter very much if there's not more than one person. And I think that kind of makes sense. Usually language is a way that, again, it's a huge way we cooperate. It's a way that we share information, uh, including, you know, that we're going to compete with each other. But even competition could be a form of cooperation in that if it's, you know, if you're doing it within the rules and you're playing a game where there's, a, you know, the, the, it's relatively fair. Um, so the questions you're trying to you're, try, you're trying to get at is well what about uh, it, what if you know AI itself starts changing the rules and again this comes back to the artifact part 
it's not that suddenly a machine is going to make up rules. It's much, I mean, every piece of AI you're likely to interact with is something that a company has made. And so you're not, if, if suddenly a machine is doing something that doesn't fit into our society, then a company has made an invalid product. And so we should just, you know, turn off the product and, uh, and maybe get the company in trouble if that product did any damage before we turned it off. Is there uh, is there a possibility? Because, you know, what about the guy who was just fired from Google? Uh, it sounds like he fell in love with Lambda. And he was like, Lambda's a really <laughs> smart teenage boy who knows a lot about physics. Um, and, uh, you right. know, he was he right. obviously violated some confidentiality agreements within the company. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Um, what, what is his fear? Why, why did he try and set off alarm bells? I think that that was, so this isn't about fear. This is actually, well, I mean, his fear is that there's something really there that he could lose. And so this is about um, someone who, who obviously, I don't know, I don't want to analyze one person, but, but, but there's multiple people have thought before that, 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 you know, that their AI understood them perfectly or that indeed that their dog or their plant understood them perfectly. Um, what are we looking for when we see these kinds of things? And, and the, so there's two things. One is, what is it about a person that, that makes them really want to believe that they have a friend that they could turn off and on and they need to protect? And a lot of it's admirable. You know, a lot of it is about like, oh, I want to protect, I want to take care. But some of it can be really strange. Like, oh, I want to have a partner. Like, obviously, a partner is an equal. Obviously, you would want to choose your spouse. I mean, men and women equally uh, should be able to have choice. Um, but uh, but some people don't like that model, and so they might prefer to have a, a partner that they could buy and they could turn off and on. But I wouldn't call that a partner. But anyway, th- there are these kinds of relationships. So the uh, the um, so the, so the point is that the way that we detected how interesting another mind is is by how agile they were at creating new language, and. A lot of what a lot of companies are trying to do is make AI that can be very agile about the new language it makes and fluent and make it really like human. So to learn human-like language and to be able to recombine that. And so the point is, this is the point I was trying to make earlier. We can do that without having built all the other things like motivation, desire to take over the world, uh, you know, desire to compete with others, uh, you know, bad feelings, pain, things like that. Unfortunately, um, I can say that and I can try to t- assure you that like this machines don't have, there's like literally no part of its, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a brain, but there's no place for the pain. There's nothing, there's nothing there that, you know, we can go into, we can use neuroscience as you were talking about it. We have an idea of where, where things are located and, and how they respond. And, you know, people can, uh, not be able to feel pain if you do anesthetic or something like that. We, we, we know about how that kind of stuff works. There's no there. There's nothing like that in these systems. They're very. They're only about language and maybe a little bit about structure of the conversation. But because they've been trained on humans, they have some of the language that, in, that where they say that they have feelings, um, because humans really do have feelings. So I, I wrote a paper in 2017. It, 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 you know, even just a single word has all the associations that a human would have put that word on, because that's what we that's what we get when we talk. 
the associations are there. I don't know if I'm making sense. Does this make sense? Yes. No, absolutely. Because it's almost how um, a sociopath can be very charming and say all the things that you want to hear, but they're actually not feeling anything. You know, Ted Bundy could come right, up to you and say, really, I love yeah. you so much. And, you know, your heart could sing because that's all you've ever wanted from a handsome stranger. Uh, but he doesn't exactly. really feel anything. He is just saying words to activate something in you. And then you take those feelings and you project them back onto uh, the blank slate. Um, so Mitchell right. Kaku. Little, oh, a, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, it's like that. That's a little different. Because there's no motivation, but, or the motivation is something that Google's designed. So the motivation might be um, make sure that when the other person says something, you say something, right? But that's, even that, it's not motivation like, oh, I would feel anxious if I don't do that. It's just like it's just like clockwork. That, okay, that is what happens next. Yeah, no, so I, I know, I know people that like that. Human, even yes. if they don't. <laughs> yeah, they they don't. There's there's yeah, nothing behind those words, but they are clearly uh, good at activating something, even if they don't have a motivation. So, you know, the, the big yeah, fear... I still, I still want to assure you that any human you know is... And in fact, even if you looked at like fish and, and swans and you know other animals, it is so much more like you than any machine. You're not going to build a machine that's even slightly closer. So, so these people, you're still thinking the machine is kind of like a, a broken person of some form mm-hmm. or, or a dishonest person. That's but really, not, but that's really like interesting that. because there's so much projection of us. And obviously part of our human condition is projecting something onto other people. Uh, so they will give it yeah. back to us. And, and, you know, I, I mentioned Michio Kaku, um, cause we were talking about AI and the fear people have that machines are going to take over everything and there, there won't be anything yeah. left for human beings to do. And he said, you never have to worry about that because machines can't make patterns. He said, you know, human beings are great <laughs> pattern makers. We are very creative beings. What does that mean in terms of what you do? Okay, so I would half agree. I agree you don't have to worry about that because what is work? You know, what is security? What is our lives? We will always have things for each other to do because that's like the main thing we're doing is holding our communities together. But it's not because like, you know, anything about discovering patterns, stuff like that. Guess what? That's a form of computation. We can do that with a computer too. So it's not, it's not that tricky stuff. It's actually, we need to better understand what our societies and our lives and our jobs and all those things are really about. They're partly about keeping ourselves alive. Well, they're mostly about keeping ourselves alive, but different ways, like getting yourself food, getting yourself shelter, having a community so you feel happy. So you're likely at least some people will have babies and also so that you can protect yourself from other animals and other people, right? But those are the things and that there's no way to replace being a human with a, with a machine. So those those kinds of things. Okay, I just have I just have one last question, and it's a really light one. Uh, this is a very superfluous okay. question, um, and it's an ontological one. Uh, in discovering more about AI, will we discover that human beings actually have a soul? Oh, that's such a cool thing. But again, it depends what you mean by soul. If you mean by soul the root of uh, moral obligation, then I would say yes. I hope that's what we do understand. If you mean uh, by soul, like a part of God, then I don't know how we would discover that. I think that's sort of undiscoverable. I would say the the um, immortal, immaterial part of our being. I, I would say it is the platonic soul that doesn't require reincarnation uh, or necessarily 
monotheism? I don't think that um, we can find those things through science. And so I don't think uh, that AI is going to help us come closer to that kind of question. However, I'm quite sure some people will believe that it's shown them that. All right. See, I told you it was a light one. Uh, your your phone is dying. You're super light. Yeah, your work is immortal. This is a fascinating conversation. I, I will have more questions for you. I hope we can talk again. This this issue isn't yes, going away. I want to get more into what you do in, in terms of dying. your ethics. That's okay. No, I, I love that, that you are partying in Berlin. You are bringing the knowledge and you are saving the world. Thank you very much, Dr. Joanna Bryson. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been Kennedy Saves the World. I'm Kennedy. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.